Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Janice, how are you? <laughs> Why well, it sound like you didn't remember my name? <laughs> You're like, uh, hi. I was going to say hi, and then I was like, girl, oh, wait. girl next door. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> Who are you? Who am I talking to today? It's Hello, been, everyone. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day, and we are in the, we have the sillies, so, oh my goodness, just this bear with us This is going to be today. a show. <laughs> so, welcome, right. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> that was a song, wasn't it? Is it? Sounds familiar. Or Actually, I think it was. I remember it from the movie, um, Lean On Me. They were like um, transitioning from the when the school was nice and sweet, and then it was became like the jungle. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't think I know like, this movie. I know. Don't you gotta, it's all right. It's a good one. It's all right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll start. So. What is our, what's your quote for this week, Shanna? You want me to start? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Go. Let's, let me see. Put the pressure okay. on you. Yeah. All right. So the quote I enjoyed this week was, Christians should live in the world, but not be filled with it. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, she goes to the bottom. So Christians may live in the world, but if the world gets into them, they sink. And that is by uh. Dwight L. Moody. I love that. D.L. Moody. He's like a famous like um, Christian, either apologist or a Christian author, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think Leland Riken, um, he does, he did the same guy with all the books. He he did a book on him and I, his name popped up this week. So how oh, cool really? Is that? How weird. I don't believe in coincidences, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I love that quote. Okay, good. All right. Um, did it have any particular... Did, like, why did you pick that one? Well, I just, I really felt like it encaptured the idea very well. And I feel like I struggled with this. And I feel like others struggle with it as well. Of like, absolutely, what do we accept as Christians? What do we allow as Christians? Yeah. What, like, you know, we have to be loving and turn the other cheek and kind. But at the same time, we have to guard ourselves, you know? So it's yes. like... It's difficult to find that balance between acceptance of others and love towards others and also protecting our own self. So I found that really good because it's, it was true. You know, it's like a ship takes on water and it sinks. The same with a Christian taking on the world. Like you can't let it become a part of you. Oh, I love that. Can, remind me because you know what, Shanna? I was, um, this is not my quote. But this was from this was from a podcast. No, not a podcast. A webinar that I was on, and similar similar to the last statement that you just made, and it was talking. She was talking about her name was Rosario um, Butterfield. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, she was talking about um, uh, dangerous books. 
And she was like, a dangerous book is one whose protagonist prospers through sin and succeeds through idolatry. And she's like, you know, so we can read those types of books, but you want to limit your time with them. You Mm -hmm. know, she's like, go in fully armed. Don't go alone. You know, don't read bad books for entertainment and don't think it's safe to be entertained by sin. And I think that's one of our ways of protecting ourselves too. You know, like you're limiting your time with those types of things that are are going to tempt you. It reminds me of the Bible verse. I don't remember where. Well, I feel like it reminds me of what we've been reading actually in Deuteronomy. Not to like cut you off. You still have your quote, but I just wanted to say like we've been reading about like we have the Israelites coming in and taking over these different tribes. And one of the warnings is do not take on their culture and religion because then you'll have turned your back on me. Like you have been a tribe set apart. He keeps reminding them you have been set apart and he does not want them to take on the culture and traditions of the people that they're taking over. And that, and it's weird that verse just, I mean, that quote just happened to pop up, but I was reading that and I'm seeing that and I'm like, I don't know, that's going to be my quote because I just feel like I keep seeing it. And I, I do think it is important. And it's so relevant, you know, like it is, you can see it in this day and age. Yes. It's, I think that's what, I think that's when you know that whatever that advice is, or, you know, that it's, there might be some, there might be some truth to it when it still reigns true, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and we can still apply it to today. Um, all right. So my quote was, it's a longer one. I subscribed to this uh, this gentleman's email. Um, I can't remember his name because my mind is going blank. But anyway, <laughs> he, <laughs> um, I think his name is James Clare, and he he wrote he wrote the book uh, Atomic Habits. Okay. So I'm on his email list, and uh, one of the tips that one of the quotes that he gave was from Virginia Woolf, which I've never I don't know if I've read oh any I've of her read books. some of her stuff. Yeah, she I does to, she I does uh, poetry now. I thought she did a novel. Like, okay, I maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I could be wrong. Don't go by me. <laughs> I just remember way. her. I, I read something of hers in our creative writing class, and I was thinking it was a poem, but maybe it was a, just a something from her book. I don't remember at this point. It's That's going back some years. So I know. Now I have to look when we get off. <laughs> um, she wrote, uh, there is, and this is for us and you too, whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> She said, um, there is one peculiarity which which real works of art possess in common. At each fresh reading, one noticed some change in them as if the sap of life ran in their leaves and with skies and plants, they had the power to alter their shape and color from season to season. To write down one impression of Hamlet as one reads it in it year after year would be virtually to record one's own autobiography. For as we know more of life, so Shakespeare's comments upon what we know. Ah, that is so funny. So before we started recording, we were just talking about that. You were talking about reading Great Expectations. Yes. And I had said, oh, I didn't care for it. And which that's probably a sin to say, because I know that's like... (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, um... And I was like, no, maybe I should read it again because I have changed. You know, this is yes. going back. I read it as a teenager. I'm like, I have changed. So maybe my opinion of it has, would have changed. I know. And it, I when I read that, I was like, you know, that's a great idea. As, it, as if I need one more great idea. But I was like, wouldn't that be great to like write your notes 
each and every time you read a book. Yeah. And so you can see like, oh yeah. Cause I, I know like when I read Jane Eyre before, I did not feel the same way about it as I feel now. That's and I would be curious to see Shanna like 10 years from now, if we read it. Well, hopefully we'll read it before 10 years from now, but let's say we read it in five years from now. Like, yeah. are we going to feel the same way? Are yeah. we going to see deeper things? I'm so. actually reading right now or rereading, I should say, um, The Hobbit. Oh. And what happened was I was having a conversation with a friend and I said that I did not enjoy The Hobbit. <laughs> and, I didn't either. I okay, know. good. I'm glad. <laughs> so she was like, surprised maybe slash horrified that I did not find that to be an excellent book and uh everyone says that and really the whole um Lord of the Rings trilogy she was like it's just so fantastic and I was like well you know when I had read it the first time it wasn't a book that I had picked up for myself my younger brother used to ask me to read to him all the time because he didn't like to read books but he liked to listen Gotcha. So I was his audiobook, you know. So <laughs> he had picked that out and he wanted it read and he wanted to read the Star, uh, not Star Wars, I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings books. So I was reading it aloud to him and I just didn't really enjoy it. But it wasn't something I had picked and it just wasn't something I was, I guess, into at the time. But this is going back so many years that I'm like, let me reread it. And also, I'm reading it with Tony because I thought, oh, it'll be <gasps> fun to have a book to read with my husband where we can discuss it, maybe. <sighs> and he likes Lord of the Rings, so I'm hoping we're going to get really into it so oh, we can have some book awesome. discussions. And so that's what we're working on right now. So we'll see. We're only in, like, chapter three, but... Oh, that's awesome. I love... Oh, now I'm going to have to get my husband to There you go. <laughs> you guys will have to find something that you both like. And, okay, uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> or maybe you'll just have to read something he likes. It might have to be a compromise. Bossy. I know. I'll be like, no, let's read this. <laughs> you want them to want to do it, so you might have to compromise a little bit. But All right, all we'll right. See. I'll work on that. We'll see if we stick to it. I'm really hoping we do, but... I hope so, too. You know, um, Matt had to read it um, two years ago and I started to read it with him, but then I was like, eh. I mean, I think I got maybe three quarters of the way, but once it got to the dragons and then the cave and I don't know, You're but, but if we listen to Virginia, you know, that was a different me two yep. years ago. I'm a different yep. person now. So maybe exactly. I would, you know, like that, you know, so yeah, I'll keep you posted on my, on my feelings please, on it. Please do. <laughs> I actually liked the Lord of the Rings movies. Me too. I've never read the books. I've but... watched those movies multiple times, and you can ask Tony. I am not like that kind of person that rewatches a lot of things unless yes. I really like it. So yes. I do really enjoy that whole so, exactly. trilogy. But but the the Hobbit it, though the Hobbit. I didn't like the movie either. Did you no. watch the Hobbit movie? I did. Nice. Oh, it was long and boring. The whole, I thought like, I thought it was, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Tony I made me go to the theater and see it with him. So I couldn't even like, you know, like turn it off or go get a snack. Like I was just stuck there. And uh, yeah, I don't it, was, know. it was a little brutal. But Maybe we have to, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll put it on out. Well, you'll put it on your list yeah. uh, and you'll let me know. Well, it's, yeah. well, you're reading it now, right? So I am. We started it. So we'll see. I've been putting it on at night, and Tony keeps knocking out. So I don't know how well it's going, but he was like, I'm going to listen to it again, like, at work or, like, on my way to work. He's like, that way we can talk about it because I've kind of just been filling him in. I'm like, okay, you fell asleep at this point, and then this is what happened. (laughs) I can see that happening on my end. (laughs) That's not fun, for the record. (laughs) I'm like, I need you to pay attention as much as I am. (laughs) 
See, that's why we get along. Yeah. You're, you're in it with me. You're right there. <laughs> as long as I don't get ahead, right? <laughs> uh, except for when you get like 17 chapters ahead. <laughs> I hope I'm doing better. Yeah, I hope right. so. Man, I do. Shanna, I hope so. Because you were only supposed to read three chapters, I think, of Scarlet Letter. I don't even think we told everybody so you just oh, let the true. cat out of the bag. I'm sorry. All right. Wait, wait. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Don't pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> wow. I wonder what we're reading next. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. So what was your Bible verse or Bible reading for this week? Okay. So I am in Deuteronomy. And Me too. I kind of already talked about what I was reading because we were talking about them, God telling them to take over... Uh, the different tribes, but not to take on their religion. Yep. Um, so that's kind of been his main warning of, uh, he's warning them against idolatry. Yes. And that seems to be a big theme with him. It's, it, I don't want to say like it's a worse sin than other sins, but he dwells a lot of time on idolatry. And it seems simple because you're like, okay, great. Like, I haven't carved any images lately. Like, I'm doing my thing, you know? Like, Yes. But when I really think about, like, what is an idol? And that's anything that you would put in place of God. Yep. And I think there's a lot of things that I unintentionally, that would be my unintentional sin. If we go back to Leviticus and we talk about our unintentional sin, yes. I think that would be my unintentional sin. You know... Sorry. I was no, go say, ahead. I was going to add, you know, I, the, I'm in a book club with my church and one of the books we're reading, we were talking about that. And it's it, it, something I had to notice is, is so it wasn't always that they put they put an idol above God, but sometimes they had the idol with God, mm-hmm. you know, you know, meaning like. Oh, it's not that we're not serving God, but we're also going to serve Baal, you know, <laughs> just right. in case like when God's not answering, then we're going to, you know, we'll just have Baal on the side. You know? But I think that's me. Like, I will be like, I can solve this by myself. Right. And I'm going to so have, have God, God there as my backup in case yes. my plan fails. Yes. And I yes. think that's a huge problem. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And I can relate to that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And and it's nice that we know it because sometimes we don't even know it. It's like, okay. I don't always see myself doing it in the moment. Like, and nope. It's definitely a reflective thing of like, oh, that was me putting myself in place of God. Yep. And so, it's always like the after that stress, like, you know, like this has been a stressful time. Yeah. Why was it stressful? Yeah. Oh, because I'm trying to do God's work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and him. sometimes you're going against his will because yes. you think you you know best and exactly that is not the plan and you're just getting frustrated because for some reason it seems like there's forces working against you yes and maybe that's not his plan so i i i i see that too um mine that i did was it was from deuteronomy also although i've been it was deuteronomy also it was deuteronomy 12 and and they were talking about the idols right Mm mm-hmm but one of the things that Moses did say to him, and and something I'm conscious now, especially because I'm reading more, I'm talking more about the Bible, but in verse 32, it's like, everything I command you, you shall be careful to do, and you shall not add to it or take from it, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought that one, that was one of the ones I highlighted because I thought, 
you know, sometimes when you think about the Pharisees, uh, when we get into the New Testament, you know, like they were adding, yep. you know, adding to it. It's like, um, did God really, you know, th- was that was was that really the intention of the law, you know, or even people who take away from it, you know, and say and make up their own rules. So it made me it made me pause to say, I want to make sure that I'm not adding to God's word or taking away from God's word. And sometimes when you're writing and you're speaking or, or you're in a medium like what we are, and we're just talking, mm-hmm. you know, you, we it's like you want to be mindful that we're not we're not doing that. So that also that makes something. me think of even like adding to the work of the cross. I think we sometimes unintentionally do that as well, where it's like you feel I have to do this, this and this in order to maintain my salvation. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, that was a gift, a free gift. And it's already yeah. been paid. Like there's nothing you can do at this point to further your salvation. Like that's it. You're done, you know, yes. but you feel like, Oh, I need to do something. Like I should be doing something in order to, right. you know, make sure I keep my status or something. I don't know what, what yes. my mentality is, but I think well, you- sometimes that's me adding, like that's my adding. Not so much that I, I intentionally like write laws like the Pharisees did, but you do, you start putting laws into your life of like, it has to be this, 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 and this in order for me to be saved. You know, I thought it was very interesting. It's like a foresight on Moses's part, because like you said, he just kind of was dwelling on the idols and the things that he was reminding them of it, as we know later on, are the, are the things that, that brings them down, you know, mm-hmm. that brings that destruction upon them. Uh, and then, but I, I love that in verse, in chapter 13, where he was talking about if a prophet or a dreamer of dream arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or wonder that he tells you come to pass. And if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known and let us serve them, that you should not listen to the words of that prophet or, or that dreamer for the Lord, your God is testing you. I noticed that mm-hmm. to know whether you love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So that stood out to me too. Cause it's like showed that, you know, sometimes I actually reread that because at the first reading I'm like, what? Yeah. It is confusing. So what did you get from that? What I got from that was I was, well, I hope I'm not adding to God's word. So, Please just be beware of what I'm saying and correct me. But I was thinking of uh, like if we kind of applied it to, to today's time where it's it's like when we talk about idols are, you know, they're not necessarily the the, the idols of, you know, the brazen idol or the, the physical mm-hmm. idol, but whatever the other idols are and. You know, if those are presented to you like they're okay, you know, like it's okay to do this. I can't think of an example right now, but, you know, in your heart, you're like something is not, you know, something is not right about that. But I don't know. I I, I can't say I have a deep thought on it yet because I do still need to process it too. But I thought it was, I was curious. Well, not curious. I thought that the fact that it said that God is testing you, you know, just kind of said, you know, God is looking to see, like we're reading his words. So we don't want to just be hearers of his word. We want to be doers. So if he's telling us to not do this, then we need to be, it it made me think I need to be mindful of being in a situation where I may be misled. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I kind of saw it as more like leaders in our lives, whether political leaders yep. or even pastors or elders yes. in your church. When you have these people who hold some kind of power, that's yep. kind of where my mind was going and I might be wrong, but I was kind of seeing it as like a somebody who has some type of power and they're making predictions and things are coming through like they say and you start yeah. almost worshiping them like they're my messiah they are yes. you know they have come to save us from yes. what we're currently they have going all the information. through yes. yeah and i especially like, in this time yeah and i think we're all kind of looking a little bit for something to fix our current situation. Yes. You know, it's like, it has been a rough year. It has been a hard time. Somebody needs to come in and make it all better. And I think a lot of us are looking for it. And there's been moments of myself included where it's like, you're hoping somebody's going to step up and just fix all the yes. problems of the yes. world. Yes. But I think when we start giving that kind of, um, worship, if you want to call it to yeah. any one person, like, that's, or a cause, not even a or yep. to a cause, yep. you know, not even just a person, but, yep. you know, a cause, you know, people use these buzzwords and, you know, and they also pull them from the Bible, you mm -hmm. know, they'll use buzzwords like justice and, you know, um, equal God created all, you know, so it's, it's like, it is, it is so important to read the Bible for yourself to, to, you know, um, take questions to a pastor. If you're not sure, read commentaries along with the Bible, because mm -hmm. I think that allows you to discern when you hear certain things, because a little red flag goes up and say, Hey, is that yep. what the Bible really says? Yep. You know, it reminds me of when the serpent said to Eve, did God really say, yeah. you know? And so it's like, there's a lot of things where if we're, if we're not in his word, if we don't understand and, you know, we're in one, it could be we're incorrectly interpreting the scripture or two, we are listening to we're getting all of our information from a pastor or a leader or, you know, someone who's influential, yeah. who seems to know the gospel instead of reading it for ourselves that we could fall into that. And I have met know. people who they allow the pastor to be the one to do the Bible reading, but at home yes. they don't do it on their own. And I think that's putting yourself in a very dangerous position because you're putting a lot of faith in somebody to read it and interpret it correctly without yes. you getting a full context or having time to delve into it. And that can make a difference. So it does. I and think you know, we kind of have to be a little leery and always look into things ourselves. Yes, and you it, because there's always you know the devil always takes things. He he doesn't do it. He doesn't do like the obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll take things that you're familiar with and twist them. Yeah. You know? So you're not even realizing because it's so it's part of you know. Oh, I'm reading the Bible. Oh, my pastor is supposed to be. You know, he went to school and he's you right. Know, and he knows everything. But it's like any time you're putting that faith and power into a man who is not infallible not yeah exactly it's exactly. you have to be careful and i honestly don't think most pastors want that much pressure <laughs> i think they're hoping and, you're doing and, your own homework <laughs> i and i do think a lot of pastors you know are are reading from the bible but there yeah. is something called progressive christianity that we do need to be careful of because there are people who will say oh the bible um we're reading the bible but it's not you know it, it it's not inerrant you know it's not yeah. you know it's like uh oh we're reading the bible but creation is not really oh you know, creation is i 
while you're talking, not really true. let me yeah. look something up. I read something t- today that actually it kind of warned against like once you call God's word false, it's almost like calling God a liar. Let me see if I can yes, find it. Yes, yes. Because I was like, it was really powerful. Oh, well, it was Paul almost, said it, right? It was almost my it. comment. I mean, either my Paul or quote. in John, either Paul or in John, like Second. John I actually don't know where this came from, but it says the Bible is the written word of God. It carries yep. the very authority of God. It is not less authoritative than God. To obey it is to obey God. To reject it is to reject God. Yes. Because it's like, who are we? Who are we to, you know, to say, oh, this is not, he's telling us this is his word. He's right. telling us that this is, um, that he, you know, that the, the Bible was, in, you know, inspired by men who were inspired by God. Like, you know, so yes, a man is writing it, but the words are coming from God. And so anything that, again, adding to it or taking away from it. That is rejecting God because he's already said it. Why do we need to add to it? It's funny. I had this conversation with somebody recently and we were just talking about the Bible and they were just saying, well, it's hard to, to put complete faith in it because it wasn't originally written in English. So we first have the Bible written and then we have it translated. And they're like, you know, you could really, things could have been added. Things could have been removed. Things could have gotten, you know. But if you actually follow the history of the Bible and what it's been through, it's an amazing story all of its own. And the only conclusion you can come to out of all of that is that there was divine intervention. Like we only have the Bible because it's been protected. It's only been able to be translated to as many languages and still hold true because of divine intervention. So it's like it doesn't always makes sense because it sounds almost fanciful but yeah to me that's truth like (laughs) yeah I mean I guess you you also have to I think part of it is you have to you first have to establish that you do believe that there is a god yeah because like there is a real god Mm -hmm. but a god that's outside of space time you know Mm -hmm. that an eternal god which means that you're believing in a supernatural, in the supernatural, right. you know, because if there is a supernatural God and the Bible is the is his word, then he is going to, like you said, protect it. That, you know, that the things that are being the books that are chosen for the Bible, because, you know, of course, they have there's there's books that they want to say the lost books of the Bible. You know, it's like, no, because if God wanted that in the Bible, he would have put it in the Bible. Right. So there's a reason why it's not in the Bible. But uh, again, it's talking, going back to that, taking, you know, adding to or taking from, you know, taking from the word. So I that. That was a lot of, of info just from Deuteronomy. You know, you think Deuteronomy, like I've read Deuteronomy before and not really thought about what it was teaching. But when like reading it a little bit slower this time, that one stood out to me because it didn't st- it didn't stand out to me on my previous read. It's so funny because before we started, I was like, I'm in Deuteronomy. What are we talking about? And you were like, oh, I don't really have any notes. I was like, all right, we're, I'm like thinking we're just going to wing it. And now we're like getting into deep discussion. So I know that's good. from Deuteronomy, From Deuteronomy. <laughs> read Deuteronomy. There's, there's stuff in there, but what I, one, one of the things that is makes the Bible, one of the, what does they say? Like the Bible is the all time, like the, 
what is the phrase that it's the you know the book like the best selling book or the best yes. book you know in history and I think it's uh, well one we know because it's, it's divinely written and two because the things are timeless like you know this is Deuteronomy this is like way back in, in Moses's time mm-hmm. but it still applies to today yeah so so glad we're reading Deuteronomy yeah I'm actually <laughs> enjoying it I have to say it's one of the easier books to get through yeah in the yeah. old testament <laughs> and i was like moses had a lot to say like did he do yeah. this in a day was this like a week like how long was he doing this because he was he's telling them a lot but it's it's so interesting because um i'm at a different chapter with the kids so we're up we're up to judges mm-hmm. and when we did joshua i mean these themes come back mm-hmm. it comes back it comes back today we did gideon and oh, I like that. Story. I can't wait when we get to Gideon. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've done Gideon before, but um, you know, it's the same theme: idols. You know, worshiping mm-hmm. other idols, and idols was a huge thing. So it just makes me said, you know what? I need to put my little antennas up and figure out what my idols are, and make sure that you know I repent of them and ask for God I, to help me. I definitely that. have some that come immediately to mind that I think will always be. Um, a struggle a struggle yeah. yeah me too me too yeah. i don't want to share it yet that's fine <laughs> that's fine <laughs> i'll share it with you offline no. <laughs> the whole world doesn't need to know <laughs> but i think All it right. is important to do that you're right to kind of self-evaluate and yeah really look mm-hmm. into it and i think it's good to be honest with yourself and see where you need work i think it's so easy to look at other people and decide what they're flaws are absolutely i can tell you what everyone's problem yeah i can also tell you mine too but i think uh, (laughs) i think it's really good and humbling for myself to constantly be like okay you know you spent enough time looking at others where are you at (laughs) yes yes absolutely i need that reminder all right so So, since you already told everybody we have decided we are going to read the scarlet letter (laughs) But we have to finish. The, we have to finish up redeeming love. Oh, we do. We oh, do, yeah. right? <laughs> I feel so like confused. I'm so like, what? What? How did it end? All right. I had a lot <laughs> to say when I finished it, but now I've started the Scarlet Letter, and I'm on a whole other mind. I know. Um, I think I I think we can't do this double stuff. I'm I too know. old to. I got. You know, I got to do one thing at a time. I'm too scatterbrained. I can't even say I'm like old, but I'm definitely <laughs> scatterbrained. Um, so redeeming love, what did we talk about last? It was right before she ran away for that yes. last time. Okay, good. Um, she leaves, and her main reason is not because she wants to be on her own anymore. She has a true, genuine love for Michael. Yes. But she decides, I can't give him any children because of a procedure she had done by her I don't know what he's called. He's not a pimp. I guess a pimp. I yeah. Don't think a I don't think that's what they called him, but lack of a better that's word, what we're going to call him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's not what she said. <laughs> but anyway, so he had a procedure done so that she By couldn't Duke. get, By yeah, that, so she yeah. couldn't get pregnant because she had gotten pregnant twice, I think is what she said. Yes. Yes. Um, so and he quote unquote fixed it. Yeah. Know? And he was yeah. tired of fixing that problem. So he was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's just stop the issue altogether so she tells michael and he's obviously devastated he really he was was so upset because he He pictured having a family with her and you know and he couldn't envision that god would like you know have him pick this woman and then knowing in his heart that he would 
He wanted kids. Yeah, and, and that, never that be able his. to. But I thought he handled it well. He you know, did. He was upset. He but did. He was like, I think, you know, maybe um, he uh, he still loved her. Yeah. You know, I think that love was definitely there. And I, I, I thought think... that was an unselfish thing. That was like the first kind of, maybe not the first, but that was like a very unselfish thing for for her to do, you know, to even think about that, you know, like she was putting usually at the, at the beginning, uh, that was like a shift in her character because throughout the book, it was all about her, her, her. And this time it was mm-hmm. a shift mm-hmm. about, you know, putting someone else, putting Michael above her feelings. So she finally had a great understanding of what love is and love is sacrifice and putting yes. others first. And that was right. But Michael becomes angry with God when she leaves. Mm. And that was interesting, too, because he had such strong faith. So to see him being like, God, why did you do this? Why did you put me through this to be angry with God? And then I thought that was a well done aspect of the book because that is human nature. I think when something devastating happens, we still... We get upset with God, like even if it is his plan. And in this book, we get to hear God's thoughts, which isn't always what we get to experience. So that was nice for them. But uh, yes, but he tells Michael that he's her idol. Speaking about idols, and that this book was also about idols. So it comes I back see. to idols. Yeah, it does come back to idols. Yes, um, he didn't. She didn't. And love, he, she, she didn't, didn't love that. and worship God. Yes. She loved and worshipped Michael. And everything she did was with Michael in mind. And for Michael. Right. And he didn't... And God saw that for her to learn to rely on God, she needed to be humbled, I guess, again. Yes. Um, And she hadn't accepted God either. She was like, I'm, you know, that that was Michael's thing, but that wasn't... It wasn't her thing. It wasn't her. And so he he tells Michael, and although Michael's upset, I think he accepts it a little bit better because he does realize, you're right, God. Like, she doesn't... She doesn't worship you, and it's wrong. But it's still hard to accept that that's where it has to go. And he yeah, he doesn't, he know, doesn't know if she's ever gonna yes, come back. Because exactly. God doesn't tell him if nope. she'll ever come back to him. Nope. Yep. But what he does that is right is he just continuously prays for her. Yeah. And I think that is huge. I think that's one thing that I am learning about in my own relationship of how important prayer is to work things out because sometimes you can't change people. You can't no. force people to want to change. And sometimes it's hard to accept people for who they are. So I have found, I haven't found, I think I'm learning. I'm in the progress of getting towards that, of like the power of prayer in your relationship with your spouse. And I just thought it was beautiful that that's how he dealt with everything, was just praying for her constantly. That's so true. And, you know, we we forget because sometimes the word prayer is turned is thrown around so loosely, you know, that it's just like, and especially if you don't see answers immediately, then you just start to think, well, does it really make a difference? You know, but it does, uh, you know, and sometimes things takes years because even in this story, she was gone for about a couple of years. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like she left for a couple of weeks and then they, you know, she came back. 
uh, and they reconcile. But I think she was gone like maybe two or three years because I'm thinking after a year, you're probably feeling like, okay, it's time to she's give not up. coming back. And then year two, you're like, okay, she's definitely not coming back. I started yeah. reading this other book. It's called um, The Praying Wife. And it teaches you how to pray over your, your relationship and for your spouse and for yourself as a, a wife. And it's I've only just begun it, but I'm really interested to see like where that journey takes me. But it does kind of remind me of Michael Hosea, where he was in constant prayer over his wife and like how their how God changed their relationship through really his prayers. I think through his prayers, I think God used those he- prayers. Absolutely. But you know, that part of the story actually reminded me too uh, of of Jane Eyre, where, you know me, I always got to go back to Jane Eyre. <laughs> but you know, it's like you're making the sacrifice, mm-hmm. doing what's right mm-hmm. and virtuous. And then God, you know, and, and it's the most painful thing you have to do. Remember, Jane had to leave mm-hmm. Mr. Rochester Michael has to accept that. Let her go. He says he, he will not go, go and get her. Yeah. Yes. He's to, he yeah. let her go. And knowing that's like the most painful decision, but knowing it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like Michael didn't challenge God and no. to go and go get her himself, you know. So it reminded me of that. Like you, you think of that. But man, with patience, I mean, sometimes you do get to see that end result that sweet end result of it, you know, cause we know how this story yeah. ends. And, um, I would love to know like people in real life where that they, that, that is their story. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. cause these have been, you know, works of fiction, but I would love to, I know that there's people out there that that's their testimony. Maybe I'll have know? to look and see if there's a biography out there that we can read at some point where it's like yeah. something similar to that. I'm yes. sure there's a Christian writer out there that has written something like that. So I'll have to yes. see what's out there. That would be interesting since we've kind of, for some reason, that's been a theme. Yeah, but it's, but you know, I think it is a theme because it's a classic human experience. But what we see in our society, right, in our world, and not just now, but even be in, even throughout time, which is why this is timeless, is people putting is not making that sacrifice for what is virtuous and what is true and what is right Mm -hmm. you know in our life now it's like you know it's about making yourself happy so making yourself happy might mean even though i know this is wrong i'm still going to do it yeah you know and even like it's which that's going to bring us into the scarlet letter but exactly uh (laughs) exactly but it's it's a it's timeless and i think that's why it you know it that reminder came out there because that's just part of human nature. We want what we want and we want it so bad. You know, we're fighting against the flesh, yeah. you know, and the flesh is in conflict to God. And so the flesh is weak. Make, <laughs> is, the flesh is weak. And so they're making this decision mm-hmm. of going against the flesh and allowing the spirit of God to, to be, you know, choosing the spirit of God, his laws, his righteousness, even though it's the most painful thing in the world. So two stories. I, I, I would, I wonderful see that again, but I think that is a, a theme that's very common. Yeah. You know? I agree. But, and I think it's glorified now, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's romantic. It's cool to, 
you know, defy what you know is, you know, what, what people would call societal norms or right. religious, religious oppression or, you know, whatever um, negative terminology is set to it. But it's really what is God's moral law and are you willing to, you know, to, to, to choose it? Yeah, over uh, over heartbreak for yourself. And the thing is, in these stories, we get to see like how God blesses it. So that's that's an encouragement. Also, that is an encouragement. <laughs> it is, but do we also see it in the Bible too? I mean, look at look at um, Abraham and Sarah. You know, yeah. like ninety. Come on, she yeah. was ninety. Yeah. Or well, no, Abraham was ninety, so she was a little bit younger. But you know, you're Still, thinking like God's yeah. not going to answer that baby prayer. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> and look, she took. Well, I guess there there was uh, there wasn't a moral dilemma there, but I guess my point is that is waiting on God. You know, well, Sarah, actually, Sarah that story, she did not. She doesn't she wait on not. God, and she, she did tells not him wait on God. Child with a uh, exactly, and then we see the consequences of that. Yeah. Yep, we see the consequences of Hagar. that, and so you know, so we actually see there's stories in the Bible where people yep. have waited and been redeemed, or you know, been blessed. Look at Job, you know, Job, oh my goodness, you know, Job ugh, went through a lot, but was, you know, stayed faithful yeah. <laughs> to the end and, you know, was redeemed. I can't think of, Same I'm sure Daniel. there are other stories. Daniel also. Oh, Daniel, yep. yep. No one's standing up for what is right, but, yep. you know, doing it. Um, and God blessing in yep. ways way beyond that they could imagine. I think of Joseph, you know, Joseph yep. thinking probably, oh my, I'm in prison. Like would never think that years later he would be second yep. to But he never Pharaoh. gave up on his faith no. in God. Exactly. And I, I think that she did it well in this story to, you know, because after a while when you're reading it, <laughs> I know you were like, okay, is there anything is good? Is there anything going? good? <laughs> But, but she does. It seem like she it was does good, have to right? be brought low. So after she runs away, you're proud of her because for a moment there, she's thinking, "I'm gonna end up being a prostitute again because I can't find a job and I have no place to live and what am I doing?" You know, she yep. really fights with that and she's so disappointed because she doesn't want to go back to that. And we we see that God kind of pushes her in the right direction and she takes it and she ends up working as a cook. Yeah, I was going to say before that divine intervention, because um, remember the first time she ended up with the the man that Michael um, at the store, remember? Uh, this this was before this was be the, the this right was the, his friend the first time his friend. yes but God stepped in in that too because you know she didn't know what she was gonna do right. with that and he you know he took her in and his his wife and the, and mother first were like you know why are we taking this lady in yeah but, then they liked her but he did yeah and then again God stepped in like you know like God was watching over God was watching over her. But she would have had no need for God, and she doesn't recognize that he's done this great thing by finding her a position. She doesn't give yes. God any of the glory for any of this. So God yeah. has to take it a step further to humble her, and he yep. brings back her worst nightmare, literally, which is yes. Duke. Duke! Oh, my goodness! And oh Duke my forces goodness. her back to the And brothel. Duke is not changed. No, and not he's like, changed. oh, I am going to make my money on you. And that's his plan. And all of it would have succeeded except for she starts praying to Michael's God. I wouldn't even call it her God yet because she's not quite convinced. But no, she thinks, what would Michael do? 
And she was like, he would pray in this situation. So she says, if there is a God out there, save me from this. And he does. He sends uh, somebody that comes in and saves her from the whole situation, gets her out of there, saves some of the other young girls that are there. And it becomes such a great story. A divine intervention again. I love that scene. Yeah. You know, like you remember that when my favorite part of that scene is when she was singing Rock, Rock of, of Ages, Ages, which is one of my favorite hymns. It's oh, funny. mine too. One of my favorites too. And the fact that she remembered it because yep. she remembered that Michael used to sing it to her. Right. And he made her sing it that time. Yeah. Like, you know, like join in, you know, join in with us. Yeah. And she did. And it was like, I. That I thought was so beautiful. Absolutely but after beautiful. all that, she is finally convinced that like God is real because He's real. this is too many coincidences, even for her. Yes. And the people she's staying with start dragging her to church against her will pretty much. Now they want her to come <laughs> and she does it. And yes. she wants, she ends up wanting to be, does she have to be baptized or whatever? They, she goes before the pastor and takes her vows And uh, she's she did all that, and she keeps wishing that Michael could like be proud of her. To be there, yes. And I think that's so cute. Like everything, her all of her accomplishments, all she can ever think about is Michael. Like is Michael. I wish she could see what you know he's done for me, and how yes, you know I believe in his God now, and just all of it. And you're just, it's really (laughs) cute. And, and until you get to the ending, you're like, yes, me too. I wish Michael would see. Yeah. And you're like dying. You're like, all right, when are you going to go back to your husband now? Because like, come on. But you know what was beautiful? Um, the other redemption story is. Paul. Oh, what is his Paul. name? Paul. Paul. Oh, Shanna, did you notice the co- the name Paul? Yep. Like, uh, you know, like you think of Paul. Paul used to, in, Saul, from the Bible, from Saul, Saul, right, right, you know, used to persecute the, the Christian. And but then he does. He, he persecutes Angel. But yes. then he ends up marrying Miriam and she changes yes. who he is. Oh, my goodness. She was a feisty one. Yeah. And she tells him, <laughs> you go and you go get Angel back. And he does it for whatever reason. Because and you would never have expected. Well, he wanted to make his wife happy. Yep. She was like, and he you know, hates her and anything. he has low expectations. And he thinks he's going to prove to Miriam that she is what he thinks she is. But instead, yes. he sees how she has changed and how. He's ashamed of how he's treated her. And yes, because he transformed too. And they're able to forgive each other. And yeah. I thought Angel was such a strong character because she never blames him. She takes blame, even though I think she could have taken less blame. She yes. definitely doesn't hold him responsible. She forgives him. and But he took some blame too. He did. And I think that was, he took responsibility he for did. his part. Because she was like, you know, would you, did you know that you, you know, that I wouldn't have, that I would have, what was it like, um, that, she, that I would have said no, or that you wouldn't have had to do it right. you know, when he forced her to, you know. And but, she um, says, I don't know. Maybe I did. Yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. But I thought that was because that was like you were you weren't expect I wasn't expecting that like the no. first time reading that that he would be redeemed also because I think he had a change of heart. It's like funny looking at to be honest. When I first like Miriam insists on marrying him, I was so dis- I just didn't like him. I didn't like him yes. as a person. I wanted her to find somebody else. I was just like he's not a good person. He's not a good person no. for her. I was really disappointed, and I'm like, and now this jerk is going to be like 
really like he's gonna be part of the family yeah he's part of the family angel's never gonna get away from him yes i was really annoyed by that but then when he's the one who comes to get her back and he changes and and he gets to see how she has transformed and it's like a whole sweet moment between the two of them it made it better and I think, I think, I wonder if Francine, this is my, I wonder, I wonder if she wrote that part because it, to be, to remind people that you're judging, but you don't know, you don't always know everyone's full story. Right. Like he didn't know her full story. She, she actually told him, I think more than what she told Michael. I, I think that's what it said. Like she shared with him. Was it him or was it the other? I think maybe it was the, the other guy. Her. Yeah, the, the man guy that rescued her. her. But, but she, she told does tell him, yep. right, all the truth of her past. Of her past. And it's like, well, once you hear that. That changes your perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. She didn't choose this life. Right. This was this was the only life that she, she knew. She was forced into it. But it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, it made me think of, um, Thomas, um, when Jesus was, you know, like he believed because he had the, he had all, he had the information, you know, like, okay, let me see your, let me see your wounds. Let Mm -hmm. me see, you know, the piercing. And then he believed, which was good. And it was same thing with Paul. Paul was, Paul, it didn't, Paul didn't accept her from, from just that. I know Michael and Michael, you know, if Michael chose her and is with her and he pick her as his wife, then I'm just going to learn to you know, just see what Michael sees in her. Right. Like, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't enough for him. He had to be told the whole thing, you yeah. know, and then be changed. So I don't know if she, if the author did that on purpose either, but um, I, I, but I love, I love seeing that story that, you know, that he, and that he brought her back home. Yep. You know, he was, he did actually bring her back home and she did good work. And then it's so funny. So she starts that school for the girls who want to get out of prostitution and learn a trade. And part of me was kind of like, I didn't want her to leave it. I wanted her to stay there because I was like, this is such an amazing thing that she's doing. Like Michael should come there and this should be their baby like this is going to be the thing that like they can't have a family but this is going to be so in my mind i was kind of hoping it was going to go that way but she ends up leaving it to her friend to run yeah and they tell you it all and that gave her friend that gave her friend um purpose purpose and her friend had originally wanted to be a missionary's wife so in in this way it was a mission um so i think she felt fulfilled in that so it was good and then yeah. she goes back to Michael and she's terrified because she knows what she it's did like was, three years. was horrible to him. <laughs> yes. And so I, it's just funny. And Michael immediately, there's nothing like he just immediately forgives her and he's happy to see her. And it's like, absolutely, it's just good. Like they don't Michael waste time. Like they don't the... waste time arguing and going over. Nope. And why did you do what you did? Like, no they just like go move on with their lives (laughs) maybe he knew like maybe in deep in his heart he knew like you know like she would be she would come back i don't know they never the author never really gives us you know what was going on right beyond you know that he prayed for her she didn't she didn't she didn't really tell us his feelings right in my head (laughs) i i I was surprised that the author ended up giving her children 
but I thought she, that was lovely. She does tell him my name is Sarah, which he had not heard that the entire time that what her actual name was. And One then it favorites. is funny that it compares her to, you know, the barren woman yes. Sarah from Abraham and how God gives her children. And so he goes, God, is this your promise to me that you're going to bless us with children? And then he does. So in that way, it was it was cute because I was like, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe they should have just accepted that they can't have children because how many people out there can't have children? And that's it's, just their fate. Like, there is no miracle. Like, it is just that is their life. It's so funny you said that because the first time I read that, and actually I've always walked away from her books because I've read a few of her books feeling that way. T- I always, well, different seasons of my life, but I remember the first time when I read it, I, was, I remember feeling like uh, it was wrapped up nicely. And I'm like, well, God doesn't always wrap up stuff that nicely yeah. for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I think so they like, could have left a few th- things unfulfilled and it would have felt a little bit more fair. Not that yeah. I want her to have a bad life because she's a fictional character, but <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, exactly. Like things don't always work out. Life isn't always that perfect little fairy tale ending. And I right. would have been okay with her not getting everything and them accepting yeah. that this is it. But it was sweet, the whole, like, oh, God, is this your promise to me that we're going to have children because your name is Sarah? And, you know, so it, it I accepted I think- it, but I was kind of wasn't sure how I felt about it. Well, I think one, if she, if it wasn't like, you know, like maybe I guess you, you have to put it to your imagination that maybe doctors didn't know as much as they knew now. So maybe it was a botched, you know, right. uh, a botched hysterectomy or I don't, or supernatural, mm-hmm. you know, of course, supernatural. Um, but I too, I felt that way. I always walked away from, I didn't this time. I'm in a different place this time, but I know like in reading this, in this book for the first time and the second time, I always felt kind of, for lack of a better word, cheated because I felt like, well, this is, this doesn't happen to me because right. sometimes God really says no, and it's still a no yeah. and it doesn't get wrapped up nicely yeah. like that. Like he might, you know, bless me in other ways, uh, not might, he does bless me in other ways, but um, the one thing that I really want that maybe that's not what I've gotten, you know? And so I've struggled with that each time I've read it, but I, I didn't feel that this time, Okay, you know, I understand, you know, I took it for what it was. Maybe she, she likes it, but I think if you're not a Christian and you read that story, you can get, um, you can be misled to think that, you know, that your story, like you said, is always going to end up nice because there are people who, who, who would love to have children who pray all the time. Yeah. And, you know, that's just yeah. not what God has for them. Yeah. You know, but he might bless them in other ways with exactly. other children. Well, in that their was life, kind of, you know? I was hoping they were going to end up like adopting some of these children out of like a brothel or something. Like I had yes. a whole other plan for this family. So, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you have to write your uh, own. Yeah, ending. I know. I was like, I, I think I have a few other endings. Maybe I'll send it to the author and be like, so these are some ideas I had. I, don't know. I You know, I think I, I, I do. I would agree because I do think if when you're, you know, depending on where you are in your faith, you would kind of start, you may start to feel like, okay, well, God hasn't done that for me. Yeah. You know, because I, that's, I think I've, you know, 
left feeling kind of sad, like, well, God hasn't done that for me. So I mean, I guess I shouldn't say anything. I've been blessed with how many children. So if he wants to give them to this fictional character, then I should just allow it. But I was just like, I pictured, yeah, them doing something like bigger. But yeah, yeah. So um, do you think she did a good job in staying true to God's character? I think so. I think so. I thought so too, up until that part. Yeah. That was my up only complaint. That, part. that was my only complaint. You know, I did. Um, but I guess if you're looking at the side of it, like, okay, if we're just focusing on she's a Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, the barren woman. Exactly. Um, then I would say. Because I it's think a she, miracle then, you know, because right. God gave. But a, and a miracle three times. Why did she have three boys or four Well, I mean, I guess if you like can that. have one, why not three? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> why not? Yeah, that point. <laughs> <laughs> so true and i i think um you know because sometimes when i read christian books i i want to be mindful kind of like what we were talking about earlier you know just because someone says they're a christian writer uh you know it sometimes some things are not really what you know what the bible says mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, uh, authors take, can take creative license, but it's a little bit tricky when, you know, when you're being presented as a Christian author and you have people that are reading this, you know, that can be influenced by what you write So you, I would think there's that heavy pressure of trying to, you know, straight, stay true to God's word. I think she did up until, up until that point, I think she did, but um, maybe that's, maybe she left that there for a discussion, you know, I mean, cause there are people that God has done, you know, God has, you know, people who were barren and God, you know, blessed them, but you know, there are those who it wasn't. So maybe she just, she wanted it to go that way. I love that they lived to, that she let them live for a long time. And then she died like a couple of months after him or like a month after him. So I, I think that was, uh. You know, like they had a long life together and got to see their kids. And I think they said even a grand, even grandkids, you know, to um, they got to have that full life. All right, everyone. The big announcement you've all been waiting for. We have decided since Janice gave me the chance this time to pick the book that we will be reading The Scarlet Letter. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I have not read this book in probably over 10 years. So I have, I remember, you know, some of the major events, but I don't remember all the details. So I'm really excited to dive into it again. And I am in a different point in my life. So I, I'm wondering what that's going to look like also. Will my point of views change? Mm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Well, for me, I've never read it. Or if I did, I don't remember. It would have been like high school. (laughs) So it's been a while. So I could have, but I somehow I don't think I did. Or maybe I have no, we're going to pretend like I've just never read it because I can't tell you anything about it. So I too am looking forward to it. I'm excited because this is actually the first book that we're reading that you have not read. So that's a, that's a new uh, that's a new one for us. Because you right, read so- everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I like good. to read. I know you do. And <laughs> hey, you too. Yeah. 
So we are excited to start our new book. So we, if you haven't read it either, or even if you had, I hope you'll join us in reading it. We'll try to keep at a good pace. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have good goals. For this okay, one. good. <laughs> All right, I, I, I want to try too. So um, we hope that you'll join us too, and at least join us in listening to the Scarlet Letter. All right, so you'll have to tune in next week to find out all about the first few chapters. Yay. All, all right. right. Thank you Bye. for joining Thank us Thank you tonight. for listening to us. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.